This program is not intended to diagnose, cure, or treat any disease or disorder. The listener is encouraged to seek sound medical advice from their doctor or other qualified healthcare practitioner before taking any supplements or starting a new health regimen. It's the Nutrition Heretic Weekly Podcast. I am Jim Ducharme, one half of your co-host. I'm not sure that even makes sense. <laughs> one half Sorry. of your co-host. Yeah. I, I don't know. I may have to have the other half of my co-host back me up. If You know, you see, my problem is I never got fractions. So that could be a 1.5 <laughs> or 1 1.5 or something okay. like that. I, I just, uh, fractions have eluded me. I've I've never been good with them. But, I'm sorry. Maybe we can maybe we can go over it, or I can sign you up for I, a Udemy course. Or I, something. I have absolutely no desire whatsoever to learn fractions. Oh, okay. um, you know, I still don't understand the metric system, but I do know this much. See, we always want to treat, teach people equivalence in those new systems. You really don't have to do that. The human body and brain is pretty good to adjusting to the whole idea that minus twenty is freaking cold. Yes, you know, <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> Why do you live do in that. Canada? Because you complain quite a bit about no, that. <laughs> I complain only for your entertainment value. I, I actually don't have any problem with. Um, I, don't it, I don't find it entertaining. I find it stressful because oh. it brings up it brings up really bad memories of living in New Jersey. Well, I you know I think that there's there's an old the so-called air quotes Garden State with no. with pharmaceutical campuses every ten miles. There's, <laughs> there's an old. Um, you know, there's an old Canadian saying that we live by, and and it is, it can always get worse. This is so. true. And that's, you know what? I, the whole time I lived in New Jersey, I was like, well, I'm not in Beirut. <laughs> that's, I kid you not, that, <laughs> that was my mantra. Uh, well, I, I don't live in Iraq. Okay. That, so, that, that made me feel a lot better. I'm telling you, it got me through some really depressing winters so you know in, in this whole american election that's been going on we've been hearing a lot of talk about the second amendment but today one of the things you want to talk about is the soil amendment <laughs> yes i yes. want to talk about the soil amendment i have no idea what a soil amendment is uh there are things that we add to our soil to make it richer theoretically for our plants to grow and uh, one of the one of the things that uh, obviously a lot of people we've talked a few weeks ago about the fact that organic has more uh, nutrients in it than conventional, which quacks like me have been saying this for twenty years, and the establishment has said there's, there's no proof of anything like that, and then finally they decided to run a couple of of uh, studies, which I am quite confident that now that they've run the studies there are going to be some products coming along down the pike because this has happened with everything else they said the same thing about stevia stevia is not a sweetener and then somebody came out with a sweetener and now it's a sweetener uh they said that about probiotics which didn't exist and then all of a sudden activia came out and they suddenly decided that the jamie lee curtis can take a so um yeah thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I think she's been backed up for a while, so uh, <laughs> it's good to know that she's beep. beep. Okay, so <laughs> oh. so um, anyway, yeah. So you, you know, we we were in, when we were in New Jersey, we actually belonged to a co-op. Wonderful co-op. Love the people. Organic. I mean, they were so organic. They were weeding by hand. 
Okay, I don't know organics. any. I don't know so many, so many places that will actually they will actually sit down in the garden and pull out weeds one by one. They were not spraying uh, to get rid of their weeds. Uh, they did the typical tilling that uh, many farms will do. Uh, but I gotta say, there are a lot of their veg- a lot of their vegetables were good. Don't get me wrong, but they were not necessarily the most robust. And that was actually kind of a warning I was given when I signed up. Well, just be aware that we are organic, so our outputs aren't going to be as big as the stuff you might be used to. Uh, and one of the things that uh, was also happening is they were suffering from a lot of because the the global warming or climate change or what have you was going through uh there were we did from time to time see significant crop losses uh and in the people who were going to the farm we were seeing some illness i was seeing illnesses i don't know how many of them noticed this but we were seeing illness uh ranging from uh the uh autism in children uh to uh the um parkinsons and other kind of neurological disorders uh, just kind of the gamut a lot of thyroid issues and things like that uh now obviously those things could be because of the choices that people were making because you know i only eat broccoli raw or or whatever their thing was but you have to at some point start looking at how healthy especially when we see that the the vegetables look a little weaker how healthy are those vegetables how much are we getting out of it it's because just because it looks like broccoli doesn't mean that it's as as uh robust or as nutrient dense as another piece of broccoli grown in the right kind of soil so since i've moved down here to hawaii i've been a very in tune with what's going on in farming because there is a lot going on beyond organic uh, the, one of the first systems that I saw when I came here was an aquaponic system, uh, which is, I'm not even sure, maybe our guests can explain that a little bit in, in, in a little bit how that works. But my understanding, all, all I remember is there was like a tank with a bunch of fish and the fish would poop and somehow that would go into the plants and, and feed the plants, for lack of a better definition. Uh, people talk a lot about microbes in the soil, mycelium, and uh, indigenous microorganisms. But w- the first thing that I was able to do, because I was in, a, in an apartment, was that I was able to start something called bokashi composting, which is an aggressive form of composting, which uh, I know you had questions about that, Jim. Well, yeah, so- it's an oxymoron. <laughs> Well, is it with the emphasis on moron? Well, no, no, it's just, how can composting be aggressive? Well, I'm going to let Jeremiah Hinton of Maxwell Farm tell you about that. He's our guest for today. Mm. Jeremiah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, Jim, I can say that when you compost and you do it without boosting bacteria, it's a slow process. And it's a slow, timely process. And a lot of people use the tumblers and they, you know, they have outdoor bends. Imagine, Jim, if you could put something into your soil, your kitchen waste, and we're we're not just talking about your greens, what you can put meat and dairy, which you've, you've never been able to really do that because of smells. So you can compost with these bacteria and... It speeds it up so fast. Within a month, you have black gold. 
Black gold. That's what I like to call it. You have this. By, by the way, that was my nickname in college. Yeah. You have this rich <laughs> soil that you can plant. I just I just picked a sweet potato the other day out of my garden, and it was the size of a football. Whoa. I have Washington navels that are bigger than any grapefruit I've ever seen. It, it's all possible, and with... I know it sounds funny with the aggressive composting, but it's really, really fascinating. And it's it's the way that we need to all start moving towards because you can take all of your waste from your household and turn around and grow something that's that's going to give you great nutrition. It's going to keep your soil healthy. And it's the same, you know, you guys were talking about, um, you guys were talking earlier about the, these, these um, beneficial bacteria in Activia. Well, it's the same bacteria, the same beneficial bacteria that go in this, this circle. And this bacteria is known to, to give antibiotic properties and kill staph and other bad things in your soil while feeding your plants everything that they could possibly need so that means no more going out and buying a bottle of miracle grow or going out and having to spend a lot of money on minerals Right, because you're just putting everything back into the soil and you're feeding the soil what it wants. Obviously, it's digesting that you're boosting, you're boosting bacteria, and as as and I'll try not. I know this is a a laid back show, so I'll try not to get too heavy duty into it, and just tell me to shut up if I, if I get too into it. I'll tell you to f off, okay? Yeah, yeah. Tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So basically, what what they figured out, and you'll see for yourself when you do this, is you boost this bacteria. And it's it has a symbiotic relationship, right? The fungi, the bacteria, the 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 nematodes, even the even these pests in your garden have have um, positive reactions. It's about getting everything back in balance, right? So well, everything's out of balance. And when you organically farm, I just heard you say that there was small vegetables, small fruits. When you organically farm, you're not necessarily doing anything for your soil except for protecting it. Right. And they were still having to purchase the blood meal and the bone meal and all of these other things to put into the. I remember (laughs) going there one day, I guess it was a little bit before when the shares were uh, available for pickup. And I'm like, why is he walking by with that 50 pound bag of blood meal? Like, I thought you guys just were boosting the soil (laughs) naturally. Uh, but but yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of additional cost with with organic. That for, for sure, and and I'll tell you something. Whether it's or whether it's organic or it's it's a chemical. So you go out and you buy yourself a bag of organic um, chicken poo, or you go out and get yourself a bag of triple sixteen. Now you apply that in your soil. But you're not gonna you're not gonna get you're not gonna get that. You may get your plants may up, uptake the one maybe five percent of that, mm-hmm. and the rest the rest just goes. Gee, that's so pretty chicken. This, I'm that sorry, is did I chicken, say that? right? That's 
well, that what a waste, right? And then yeah. you had to go out there and work for it, and you know. So imagine, imagine doing your compost, like I said, inside. You can do this inside your house. You can do it outside your house. All you need is a five-gallon bucket and to make fermented organic matter. That's all Bokashi is. It's fermented organic matter. And, and basically, you put a bunch of diversity into it. You put different bacterias so you don't have just one single bacteria, but you have many bacteria in this inoculation. And so when it goes out into your soil, you have this, you know, diversity of bacteria that's just, you know, some of it's boosting, helping boost the fungi and, and others is breaking organic matter down and feeding it directly to your plant in in form of minerals. Mm-hmm. So why are we mining all these minerals for organic farmers? Why do we have these big pit mines going for minerals when it's, it's actually the bacteria in our soil that feed our plants? Right. Right. Uh, actually, uh, when uh, I was explaining in our previous episode that I have drained off liquid from my Bokashi during that two-week period after you fill the bucket, and now it's just sitting there, and it's fermenting and getting ready to be put into the soil. And so I've strained off some of that liquid, and it produces a freaking lot of liquid. So I've been giving it away as gifts to all my friends who (laughs) garden and haven't done anything uh, yet with Bokashi, and every single one of them comes back to me, and they're like, that stuff smells like hell, but the plants love it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing too because we get so much into the idea that more is more uh that we need to to use a lot more of this stuff oh if if a capful works two capfuls will be twice as good but you really just use a tiny bit and what once a week how, how often are you you if you if you use the the bokashi liquid uh, are you straining that off? And, and how much are you using? How often are you using it? Because I find that I'm doing fine uh, alternating that with some of the other things that I, I have that I'm putting into my soil uh, every, other, uh, every other week. That, that sounds about right. I, it just depends what, I, what, what I'm going to do with it. Like, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with a $65 Bokashi bucket. Right. And that's, I did a little workshop last week to show people that all you need is a five gallon bucket. And you could also drill a hole and put a spigot on it, couldn't you? You can, you can, you bet. And a spigot, I was just telling somebody at like Ace Hardware, is probably like six, six dollars. So you could exactly. take a $60 bucket and, you know, engineer it for, for maybe $10 tops. Right. And, and I, I don't, I spray it, but I, I spray probably, it's more of a bug thing. I use it because the bugs really don't like it. Right. And so I spray it probably twice a month on all my fruit trees and in my garden. And that's that's probably what I use for that. I generally like to make lots of buckets and bury lots of buckets because I know what I'll have. You know, yes. I know... I'll have something really special there. Like where I pulled that sweet potato, I was telling you guys, Mm -hmm. it used to be full of nematodes. And Mm. so my sweet potatoes didn't look the greatest. Right. And now the nematodes don't touch them. 
Right. Well, actually, I think when I first met you, uh, you were you were actually selling something else we we're going to talk about, which is your fish emulsion. Uh, but I was um, I was having a problem with aphids, and they were attacking my uh, uh, what were they onions, uh, green onions and scallions and stuff like that. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me why. And then I realized later that that patch where I was growing the previous person gardening at this location had a lot of beans, so that was bringing up a lot of nitrogen. Uh, on a whim. Just before, I think it was the day or two days before meeting you, I emptied my Bokashi bucket into that space. I pulled up all of the greens and, and uh, or most of them uh, from this one area, and I buried the contents of my Bokashi bucket. And by the next day, I would say that the aphids were down about at least seventy percent. That so, that that sounds right. Just because. <clears throat> these plants have this oh i'm sorry i'm getting attacked by one of my honeybees uh, oh <laughs> i don't know where she came from but she's not very happy he, he's <laughs> he's outside folks which just kind of fit really well because of what we were talking about but as you know going outside your home also opens you up to random honeybee attacks do I need to call oh. the ambulance? <laughs> uh, no, I just have a really angry honeybee. She's not happy at all right now. Does she want to be on the show? Um, she wants to sting me in the head. Oh, that's nice. Uh, we we raise honeybees, so I... Oh, you dirty. <laughs> I can hear it, too. This is classic. I think... Can you just hold the microphone really close to you and the bee, and we're just going to sit back and get probably 10 minutes of great outtakes here. <laughs> Oh, she's really aggressive, but I think that she's, um, I think she's gone. Jeremiah, tell me, please, that you haven't named any of your bees. Just, just tell me that. Lie to me if you have to. Uh, I haven't named any of my bees, but I sure have, uh, such an appreciation for, for bees. No, I it's, can um, they're really amazing. Really, when you could sit down, I know this is off the subject, but when you can sit down next to a beehive and it's a super organism and there's 60,000 bees or more in this beehive and they can go out, pull all this nectar and pollen and there's bees that are waiting the receiving bees. You know, if, if we tried that as people... And we tried to go out. We could. We would probably have a jam up. Well, they do say that the hive is the perfect microcosm of what humans should be treating one another like, isn't it? That that uh, it's everybody knows their place in the hive. Everybody works together, and we all yes. they all have a common yes. goal. And, and we could learn so much about humanity and uh, politics. And <laughs> men are good for like, nothing but breeding. Is that it? Yeah. yeah, and then off with their heads. Yeah, okay, got it. I just wanted to be sure about that. <laughs> they actually have a purpose, you know. They really do have a purpose, and it's just like we go back to, you know, diversity, and, and that's what it's about. Same same with, with us. It, it all goes back to nature. You know, they do a lot of monocropping in the United States, and it's like, how would you how would you survive if, they put a McDonald's hamburger in front of your face for, you know, three months. 
And that's that's the bees are the same thing. They need diversity in their diets, just like your soil needs diversity in the bacteria, just like you need diversity in bacteria in your body. We need to eat different things. So, um, I, 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 those were still off topic, but uh, you just yeah, reminded no, me. <laughs> did, you, did you hear about the honeybees that got into the maraschino cherry factory? No, it's not a it's not a it's not like the opening line of a joke. It's it's actually true. And the honey in I forget where the heck this was, but they were getting into this maraschino cherry factory and the honey was coming out red and they didn't know where the bees were going and why this honey was coming out (laughs) flaming red. And then they found out that they followed them and they were like, hey, they're going into the they're they're They were drinking (laughs) freaking liquid from (laughs) that's funny. And the beekeepers probably thought like. This has an amazing taste. This is something so rare. We could probably market this stuff. That's funny. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's uh, we we really have to uh, protect zones for the bees to be able to feed properly. And uh, I, I have I have many uh, things uh, that have come up in the past year. I don't know, Jeremiah. Do you did you know I wrote a book called Honey Lingus? No, I didn't. Oh, yes. Honey Lingus, 50 Healthy Honey Recipes That'll Leave You Begging for More. So when I wrote the book, it, I, I had to do research on bees. And it, it really is fascinating on uh, how, how far uh, you know, they have, um, they've mirrored our society and helped us to uh, move along and you know, just to, to produce. But how we're endangering that, again, like you talked about monocropping. Uh, so we can t- maybe we can do another show uh, and have you on and we can talk about beekeeping. Okay. Uh, but in any case, uh, I wanted to also touch on the fish emulsion. Okay. Uh, because you, I, I know that's one of the products that you sell. And you sell that online, is that correct? Um, yep. We're, we're just starting online. And I did give you guys the wrong email address or website. It was www.maxwellfarmshawaii.com. Aha. Uh-huh. The other one just takes you to a jam place. I looked at it this morning. And I was like, oh, that is not, that's not us. Okay. It's good so, to know your own URL. Yeah. And I'm, I, I do apologize. And I'm not very, I'll let you guys both know, I'm not very computer savvy. And I know a lot about bacteria in the soil but and honeybees, but I don't know a lot about computers. Well, that's, that's okay. What, that's what we're here for. A laptop will never fly into my nose and sting me, so I feel very good with you around. <laughs> <laughs> Although you you might find a way to get that to happen, it's Jim. It's possible. Yeah, you 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 have that that energy around you. Anyway, uh, so tell us about fish emulsion. Where does that fit into this matrix? When you're using the bokashi on the one end to uh, build your minerals and your bacteria oil, where does fish emulsion play? Okay, a role? so it, it's basically. Fish emulsion is a byproduct from these business-savvy gentlemen. We, we all know them. They've taken out, they basically take out fish oil, which they sell that for $800 a barrel, $700, $800 a barrel, and that's in your paint, that goes in cosmetics, all sorts of stuff. And what's left over is what's known as fish emulsion. And it's kind of got a bad rap and due to the fact that the way they process it, either by heat or sulfuric acid, that kills all these bacteria. 
Mm-hmm. And all these beneficial bacteria, bacteria that we're after, they're killing them. And it's been proven, oh, it's probably a 75-year-old recipe on how to ferment this fish and have a superior product without denaturing all the minerals and vitamins that are in it. Right. And so our product is cool because we don't take we don't take anything out of it. We don't extract anything. We don't add water. Simple. It's ground up fish and it's mixed with equal parts pure cane brown sugar. Right. And it sits and ferments four to six months. So it's just rich in bacteria. It's fermented in its own area. Right. Now you have the same bacteria that's found in yogurt happening in fish. Yes. Isn't isn't that amazing? Exactly. So our our product and it tested negative for staph and salmonella and it goes to show you how predominant these bacteria are to where nothing else live can there with these bacteria. And that's the amazing thing. So when you put these types of bacteria, you boost this in your soil. And your soil can't have those pathogens like staph and salmonella. So the same goes for your lettuce when you're going to go pick your lettuce. It wouldn't be appealing to you if you picked lettuce and you and your family caught salmonella poisoning. Right. Right. Right? Exactly. You're, you send your children into your garden and they get staff. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't sound like fun. No. And actually, this is a, an interesting thing, too, because here on the island, we have that issue with the uh, rat lungworm disease, which mm-hmm. uh, comes from snails and slugs that eat the feces of rats. And uh, but then they climb on the vegetables. And yep. one of the things that I'm learning is that those uh, those guys are repelled by healthy soil. They are, and you know why that is. That they're due- parasites, and they like to take the, take on the weak. <laughs> well, not only that is it is it's due because it's due to the fact the plants have a relationship with the bacteria. Mm. So these plants have all these stomas. Mm-hmm. And a stoma will is is basically a little opening for the plant to you know take in sunshine, water, and minerals. Right, and that's why seventy percent of your plants and trees will uptake seventy percent of their nutrients through their leaves through the stomas. Uh huh. So, and now I'm getting to this. I know I go off subject quite a bit. Oh, I do. So, too. <laughs> I, I do. I'm, I'm I'm a wandering soul. So your your bacteria in your soil, they've just discovered this. Your bacteria, they found it's lactis or bacillus subtilis. Okay. It's a bacteria in your soil. Well, actually, kind of tell the plant, close your stomas because we have this bacteria. Mm. And it'll actually close it and go into, you know, guard mode. Why these different bacteria in the soil are 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 battling basically for dominance? Wow, isn't that interesting? Wow, yeah, it it really is, and it it really does go to show that we can't underestimate the intelligence of any form of life. 
there's you know there's a lot of people i mean and now i'm not saying that i don't support animal rights for example but we get very kingdom focused and like this kingdom is more valuable than that kingdom and it's like you know the soil the microbes all of this stuff this is this is this is our these are our origins this is the stuff that's holding us all up so this is that's actually incredibly fascinating that you talk about um, go on Oh, I was going to say it is because it not only goes into your soil, it can be consumed by you, your animals. I mean, I, I am a firm believe, believer of animal husbandry. You know, mm-hmm. we have we run probably 30 goats over here. I love goat's milk. I love to drink raw goat's milk. Okay, you got to hook a sister up, okay? Ah. Um, I'm going to come find you Saturday morning. You hook a sister up. <laughs> so, but you know what I mean? We like to, that's, 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 how, that's how it should be. We, we, I use their manure mm-hmm. to feed my bacteria. Right. They eat grass that I spray bacteria on. You know, there's a system that, you keep enhancing these bacteria in everything. It's that's what we need to get back to enhance sure. that bacteria because you're going to repel these bad pathogens. Right. We're we're actually coming up to time uh, in a moment, but I had one comment and one question. Uh, one of the comments is that uh, you. It's so important to to recognize this from a nutritional standpoint, particularly, and and tell me if I'm wrong uh, on this, Jeremiah, particularly where people are just starting to understand uh, probiotic foods, sauerkraut, real pickles, kombucha, all of these different things that we can make in our our kitchens, our our different types of yogurts and the kefirs or kefirs. When you start let's say a sauerkraut with a cabbage that's been grown this way, I would think that we are producing even more of the good lactic, uh, lactic acid bacteria than standard cabbage, which has not grown in such rich soil. Is that correct? I don't believe that. Then the reason I don't believe that is, I mean, that actually is a hard one. Yes and no, in a way. It just would depend. Like maybe you you inoculated your your garden, and two days later you mashed it up. You know, you cut it mm-hmm. up, mashed it into your sauerkraut for a cold process sauerkraut. You you might have more, but I would like to believe that you can. These bacteria are so amazing. We totally underestimate them. Mm-hmm. Meaning they've been known to to detoxify your soils yeah. from harsh harsh agrochemical companies. So with that being said, just imagine putting them in an environment like like sauerkraut, which is a great environment for them to grow. You'll grow billions. Right. You can use you can use store bought junk with chemicals, turn around those bacteria will clean that up and yes. when you consume it, it's going to boost saying. your body. Okay. So I can't go along with that just due to the fact that those bacteria are amazing and we should never underestimate them. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because I mean, I guess why I, I think that we have the potential of, of getting, getting an even higher count is because when I pull up my cabbage, for example, I see... The, the, the molds of the mycelium, the probiotics on the leaves where I didn't see them before. 
So knowing that, for example, adding whey to your, your uh, sauerkraut will make higher counts of good bacteria, I assumed, and, and apparently I might be wrong, uh, that we might see something similar with uh, the sauerkraut made from these healthier crops that, that are already carrying a higher count of, of good bacteria on them. Well, that would be, it would speed up faster, okay. you know, with a higher count, yes. you're okay, always going to speed up. It's going to be a little hotter, but I would like, I, like I said before, I would like to believe that these bacteria are naturally, I mean, like, just like cabbage, cabbage naturally has, um, lactic acids and sure. it's, it's got natural bacteria in it. I mean, every, every living thing has lots of the bacteria in it and so if you give give something a suitable environment for it it, it's gonna thrive and by doing that i can't say that you know i know it's better your your veg your veggies your fruit is way better for you when it's grown like this Mm -hmm. but when it comes to when it comes to the bacteria it's just so amazing what it can do and where it can do it. What you're saying. Um, so how can people, because you have given uh, classes on Bokashi composting, how can people start doing this for themselves? It, okay. Do you have a video anywhere that you share with people? Anything on your website? Um, I don't. I should put one on where we were going to do that. Um, basically, what you would do is you would want to you would want to ferment organic matter and it doesn't matter if it's sawdust or straw. Um, the best, the best thing to use is actually grain husk, uh, wheat bran, rice bran, oat bran, because it's high in minerals. Mm -hmm. That's all the minerals of the, of the wheat and it gets husked off and then they make bread out of, you know, a lot of it. So you would take that sawdust, what I just said, and then you would inoculate it using your kitchen. What you can find in your kitchen is a great way to start um, using whey from yogurts or cheese, doing homemade fermentations, just like you were saying with your um, with your cabbage. Um, you can buy beneficial microbes. The best I have to say is to use a fermented fish with um, another inoculant, like because the fish already has lots of bacteria. Mm-hmm. So I like to get it from whey. I love using whey. Whey is my favorite. Right. But I do like to support these guys. I like to support EM too because EM. The the man who discovered a huge part of these bacteria in the 70s, uh, Dr. Higa, he created these beneficial microorganisms. He's the one who found that if you just have lactic acid, it doesn't do everything that you want. But if you have lactic acid, yeast, and phototropic bacteria, you have more diversity and they actually, it has a symbiotic relationship when you have all these other bacteria. And that's why it's so important that you use um, 
different products with different bacterias. Right. Right. So, okay. And I know I never answered your question on how to make it. So you would ferment. So I apologize. That's okay. If you if you want, you can you can write it out for me, and we can uh, we can put it on our website. Okay. And uh, and and uh, people can come visit the website and learn about how to make bokashi. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. We can put up um, how to make lactic acid bacteria. That's another great one you can do at home just using rice wash. Right. You, you take your rice wash that you're getting ready to cook rice with. And you collect your third rice wash when you wash your rice. And you let that sit for seven days. Then after seven days, you add ten parts of milk to that. And what you create is lactic acid bacteria, naturally. Right. Right. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm working on that right now. <laughs> I, have to, I have to go, go get more milk. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the only bad thing about that one. But you can use, I mean, there's... But nothing goes to waste. You eat the nothing. cheese that comes off the top yes. and then the rest of it you can use for fermenting your seawater or whatever you have. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a really phenomenal system. And I, I love the zero waste concept. And, and uh, uh, you know, maybe you know another day we can talk about your goats and the animal husbandry because it, it is fascinating. And to stand in a chicken coop, which if anybody's ever been near a, a pigsty or a chicken coop, not the friendliest smell. Uh, but these these animals are so clean that you don't even smell something earthy. You just smell you, you just feel like you're in a neutral environment, completely neutral environment. And that's what I think is so impressive about it. So in any case, uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Jeremiah Hinton, uh, you can visit MaxwellFarmsHawaii.com. That's M-A-X-W-E-L-L-F-A-R-M-S, Hawaii, H-A-W-A-I-I.com. Uh, you can also find links to his website on our website, nutritionheretic.com, and he's promised to give me some information for you, so we'll have information on how you can get your Bokashi started in your garden today. Or just Google uh, Maxwell uh, Farms Hawaii, uh, and I, I tried that, and it works, so you, you okay. leave it at the farm. As for us, nutritionheretic.com is our website, or you can drop by our Facebook page, facebook.com, nutritionheretic. On Twitter, we are nutriheretic. And please, drop by the Facebook page, drop by the homepage, ask us a question, suggest a guest, volunteer to be a guest. We'd love to have you on the show if you have something you want to share with us. And you can catch us on iTunes and Stitcher. And when you're there, please... After you've enjoyed a show, make sure that you leave us a rating and a review because that's very important. And uh, that's pretty much what we work for is, is glory in, in, on this podcast. <laughs> At this well, point, yes. <laughs> that's what motivates us. So uh, please uh, leave us a nice uh, thank you. Uh, Adrian, thank you so much. Until next thank week. Thank you, Jim. Thank and you so much. See you next week. Jeremiah, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Thank you guys both for having me. Fantastic stuff. I want to have you back. Okay. And I'll see you Saturday. Okay, Saturday (laughs) at the market. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye.